CocoaTechCentral.com, sorry, CocoaBlogs, CocoaCow, and um, yeah, living here in the sunny Sunnyville, not so far away from Cupertino, where we'll be heading over next Thursday for the Cocoa um, Pads. I'm Scott Stevenson. Okay, but further? <laughs> <laughs> I do, uh, I basically help Cocoa programmers figure out how to write good software. Okay. When did you start with this whole Cocoa Objective-C thing? Uh, I guess it was probably about four years ago, three or four years ago. Okay. I a friend of mine was working on it. He exposed me to it. Yeah. Fortunately, I had access to people at Apple. Okay. So I could ask them questions, and now I'm returning the favor to yeah. everyone else. And how how did the idea come um, about helping uh, developers to know things about about Cocoa Objective-C? I think I've just been attracted to the idea of taking something that's complicated to figure out, breaking it down for the people, okay. and then giving them the opportunity to get their ideas onto the screen. Mm -hmm. It's really appealing to me. Because there is not a lot of websites helping people to know what the what the shit Cocoa is. Yeah, it's well, it's difficult stuff, to be perfectly honest. I mean, writing good software is really difficult, and it yeah. takes a lot of time to get good at. Yeah. So anything I feel that I can do to help people figure that out is worthwhile. Mm -hmm. I always take the analogy that programming on the Mac, from my point of view, because I'm, I used to be a, a .NET developer, mm -hmm. a Windows developer, I say I used to do because since I started podcasting, I stopped programming, basically, except PHP, but I don't know if you can really call it programming. Um, now I have a lot of enemies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I used to make the analogy that it's um, as hard to program a Mac than it's easy to use it. Well, it's certainly not easy to write good software. I mean, it, it, there's no way around the fact that you have to really focus on what you're doing. You really have to know okay. what sort of tools are at your disposal. But to be fair, it's a lot easier to write good Mac software than it is to write good Windows software, good Linux yeah. software, in my opinion. Okay, so it's just about good because software is easy to write. True, yeah. yeah. It's very easy to write bad software. Yeah. It's difficult to write very good software. Okay. I'm going to take the MacBook here in my direction, otherwise, I'm going to have to turn every time <laughs> the head every time I have a question for you. Um, now, um, when I, I always take the analogy of the, how I learned to program Windows and how I, until now, did not really learn to program the Mac. Obviously, first of all, because I've been too busy 
with this whole podcasting thing and and secondly because i've been i, I learned basically windows of course i studied computers and i i learned all the thing with windows with uh, basically powerpoints and screencasts i'm a pretty lazy uh, guy i hate reading and um, what about having those things turn a bit more multimedia like like screencasts or keynotes or powerpoint whatever you call it presentations you mean in terms of helping people learn Cocoa yeah. that way yeah yeah it's something i'd want to do it okay. the it's a little bit tricky one just because you know the downloads are bigger and takes more time to to produce something like that but also i think there's something to be said for when you can search through text and you can look at you know look at things over and over again and copy and paste yeah. code so i think there's room for both yeah. um anyways yeah, yeah. You, there's definitely a place for text-based tutorials and then for some things i think mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense to do video-based tutorials i know john wrench did uh one for apple and yeah. that came out really well so i'll probably do something like that in yeah. the future Because if you look at Apple itself and at the website, it's obviously it's better now. It's really better. But I always compare uh, what you can find at the ADC website and what you can find in, MS in MSDN, for example. So MSDN is a huge uh, collection of things learned to program, and ADC less. So now, now it's it's getting better still. Yeah, there. I know some of the people that work on the documentation team, and they're working really hard okay. to get things better and better over the course of time, but I think their basic challenge is they have a lot of different APIs yeah. that they need to document and a lot of them don't work exactly the same. Okay. So especially in the transitional period from going from Mac Toolbox and Carbon into more sort of a Cocoa-centric world, okay. there's been a lot of work that's mm. had to happen to bring yeah, those two yeah. together. So I think over time things have gotten a lot better and they'll continue to get better, but it's fine for now because that gives me something to do you yeah, know, with yeah, my anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. So before that we continue on this interview, uh, I want you to tell us where we are here. We are in Sunnyvale, California, which uh, is one where I live. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of history here. Uh, Steve Wozniak lived here. Okay. Uh, Steve Jobs lived not too far from here. We're about five minutes down the street from Apple. So and Sunnyvale in general is you know a, a technology place. Google's here. Yahoo's here. I guess Google's more Mountain View, but there's a lot of technology companies yeah. around here. You've been living here for forever, or I've lived in the area uh, since I was about three. Prior to that, I lived in England, England for three years. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. and um, yeah, so you're not far away from the mothership. True. So, uh, <laughs> what's your relationship with Apple itself? Uh, I know some people there, you know, and I, I I'll talk to them and sometimes you know trade ideas about things yeah. but uh, I don't work there directly or yeah, anything yeah. like that but I mean you can you have a pretty good relationship with them and can work back and forth with them Yeah, there's no question I'm really fortunate to be this close because if there's something that's not clear or I have some thoughts on something I know enough people that work okay. at Apple or in the area okay. that I have access to them it's a fantastic deal for me yeah. and that's one of the reason why uh, some of the Cocoa Tech um, um, uh, meetings uh, Uh, or Cocoa Heads, sorry, yeah. meetings are uh, taking place directly there at Apple. Yeah, it's really extremely convenient that yeah. we can go straight down to Apple and have the meetings there because obviously it's nice, it's Apple frameworks, but also people like being there once in a while. Yeah. So yeah, it works out nicely. So there's something happening next Thursday. Normally I'm pretty fast in putting the, the podcast online, so I'm going to see if I can cope with putting this online before Thursday. Otherwise, sorry guys, we're talking in the past. Um, but hopefully I'm, I'm faster than Robert Scoble in putting podcasts online, so <laughs> that's a, a, little, a shout out for Robert. Um, uh, so what's happening next Thursday? Yeah, you would. <laughs> we have a very special guest next Thursday, and we'll see if it all comes together. It's probably about an 80-90% chance we'll be able to make it work. Okay. Um, we're not saying who it is yet. Yeah. We probably will by the time 
this goes online. Okay. So you can go to the, the Cocoa Heads website and but get details on that. So you mean you will say it before Thursday? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, if it, we're just waiting so for the everybody final. comes? No. Yeah, we'll, we'll announce it at least by the beginning of Macworld. So okay. um, it's just a matter of working out the last minute details to make sure everything works. And you told me it's pretty impossible to guess who it is. I don't think anyone's going to guess. Okay. Yeah. But it will be worth it, absolutely. If you're going to be down here for Macworld, it's going to be worth coming down here for. So it's obviously no uh, obvious guest like... No, no it, was, it wasn't somebody that we went out to find, it was somebody that found us. Okay. So, more or less. Okay, okay so I won't ask you anymore who it is. Because <laughs> you're worse than a guy at Apple. Yeah. Um, so apart from Coca Objective-C, I've read on, the, on, the, on your website uh, lastly that you are back in having some interest for Ruby on Rails. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I, with all the websites that I've been working on right now, you know, I've been looking for better ways to make the sites, you know, better database layer underneath them, make a lot of things easier, a lot of the feeds easier, that sort of thing. And I've been using PHP for nine years or something like that, and it's it's really worked well. But I'm ready to use something else, and I started playing around with uh, Rails. I think last this time last year, okay. put it down for a while. I'm picking it back up now, and it's come a long way in a year. So, and it, I think the thing about it is that it makes the design of it makes a lot of sense to a Cocoa programmer. A lot of the same ideas are in place. Sort of the do the right thing by default, and mm -hmm. you know optimize for the most likely case yeah, yeah. that comes up a lot. So. So I guess you have to change the URL to uh, cuckooandrailtechcentral.com. Right, yeah. <laughs> that might happen. Yeah. But uh, from a pro programmer's uh, stand uh, point of view, how does it look like syntax-wise and, uh, and API-wise, Ruby on Rails? Because I have no freaking ideas. <laughs> well, it's interesting because this, the relationship between Ruby and Rails is very similar to the relationship between Objective-C and Cocoa. Okay. They have value independent of each other, but together is really where all the value comes in. And uh, there's a lot of similarities between Ruby and Objective-C. They have sort of this idea of dynamic features that allow you to sort of invent methods at runtime. And Do they have so many square brackets? No, no square brackets, <laughs> no. But there are, there are, you know, a lot of kind of Ruby-specific syntax things. And um, it's a really cool language. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of fascinating things in it that you wouldn't think would work in the programming language, but actually do work. So. Because cool. you, you know how the, the European qu uh, keyboards looks like, my one is a QWERTY, right. a US QWERTY, but there is a, re a reason why, because if you're going to program and use square brackets or curly brackets or whatever, uh, you have a problem with all those those European keyboards. Fair enough, yeah. And it, it looks like in Objective-C 2, you'll have to type less yeah. square brackets. So, <laughs> when Especially on the, on the German or French or whatever keyboard in Europe, the square brackets and, and curly brackets are not printed on the keys, you know what I mean? Ah, okay, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, so it's, it's good to know. I mean, the guys at Apple should really realize that, or all the programmers should buy a credit keyboard. Yeah, yeah there uh, you go. Because it's really hard. Um, it's like, like I don't know, Alt-5 or on Shift-Alt-5. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I would hope there would be some way to manipulate the key bindings, but maybe yeah. there isn't. And, uh, and um, yeah, but anyways, now I looked a little bit at, at, at Cocoa more and more. And uh, the thing is, every time I looked at it, I get a bit, I understand it a bit more. But the Objective-C is obviously from the syntax, something else than anything else. Yeah, it's, again, with Objective-C2, things are coming a little bit more yeah. into the mainstream, I guess, with the, the dot syntax that mm -hmm. people are used to from JavaScript and Ruby and a lot of scripting languages. So you're It comes in Objective-C2? Yeah, Objective-C2, it's going to be a lot more, in a way, it's going to be a lot more like 
a scripting language because you won't have to you won't have to worry about memory management. Some people will want to because it'll be faster in certain cases, but the syntax will be more familiar to people more used to scripting languages. It's still a compiled language. There's still things that are a lot more difficult than scripting, but it should be a lot more accessible to a lot of people once they start developing for Leopard. Uh, we spoke about this special event. I had another question about uh, this special event from next week. It sounds like a special event from Apple, when you put it that way. Uh, maybe you're going to be on the homepage on apple.com. <laughs> um, what will we speak about over there, or is it also secret, top secret, what we will speak about? Uh, yeah, it's it's really more about the guest rather than anyone. I mean, there's no product per se or anything like that. It's yeah, it's. But the guest will speak, obviously, about something has, that has to do with Cocoa Objective-C? Uh, that'll be part of it, yeah. Okay, uh, we're we're heading over to it slowly. <laughs> so um, yes, so I'm, I'm I'm coming back to the fact that um, I'm always thinking myself as a good example of a whole .NET programmer willing to write good Cuckoo apps or whatever um, apps on the Mac, and you don't have three thousand different ways of you write either a, a real basic app or you go to a strict Cuckoo uh, um, taking the advantage. But I, I'm coming back to the fact that, that, that there is a small amount of info about Cocoa Adjective-C. Why do you think that this is like that? Well, uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on what sort of information you're looking for. If you're looking for a reference material, there is quite a lot of information on Apple's side. Basically to learn Cocoa. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think the two factors are, one, it's difficult stuff. I mean, it's different than C++. It's different than C Sharp. There are similarities, of course. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is that I mean, up until pretty recently, it's been a pretty small, community. yeah, pretty small community. You know, when Mac OS X first came out, most of the important apps were in Carbon and C, and it's only over the last few years that Cocoa sort of moved into the forefront. Mm -hmm. So, sites like Cocoa Dev Central and all those, yeah. um, they're slowly picking up pace because there's more and more Cocoa programmers and, uh, you know, Mac programmers from the earlier versions are sort of migrating away from carbon towards Cocoa too, so it's just yeah. it's just picking up momentum, I think. Have you have um, a feedback from some guys that had learned Cocoa Objective-C thanks to you? I mean, I have to give you a shout out from Andy Kim from Potion Factory. Yeah. He wanted to thank you. Um, do you have a lot of people coming back to you and saying thank to you, I could start my first app? Yeah, recently I've started getting a lot of emails about that, and I think maybe again, just because things are picking up momentum, more and more people are starting to kind of get it and ship yeah. apps. I've been getting emails from people, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that read the site and I never hear from. Yeah. Uh, I would love to, you know, at any time somebody learns something useful from the site, I love hearing about it because it's motivation to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's over the last year probably, there's been a lot of people that I've heard from that have said, you know, thanks for putting this out there. It's been hugely helpful. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I think it's just me sort of repaying the favor for the the yeah. things that the people at Apple taught me and. Yeah you know, people before me. So you learn it the hard way, let's put it that way. Yeah, and it was not as hard as a lot of people had to go through, but f yeah, there was uh, there was not a lot of material about this three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. And... Um, what, what, what was your basic to, uh, your starting point to start learning Cocoa when you started from, you obviously did not start co learning Cocoa from scratch, you had some, some roots. No. Yeah, uh, I think, well, as far as the first project I worked on, or where did I learn yeah, how did you learn Cocoa? How did you start? Because, for example, let's take a stupid example of a guy learning Visual Basic.net. If he used to do Visual Basic 6.0, he has some roots. Right. Yeah, I think it was a combination of three things. One, uh, when I first started learning about all this, there was really only one book out, and that was Aaron Hillegas's book, which is 
a fantastic book in a lot of different yeah. respects, and there's a second second edition out now. Yeah. But there was nothing else out at the time. If that book was not out, yeah. we probably would not be having this conversation right now. Yeah. Um, and it's also... Uh, yeah, it was 2002. It was, yeah, and I think a lot of that was from his work at Next. Um, getting to access to the people at Apple was a huge, huge help because there's things that a book can't tell you, you can't ask a book questions. So being able to talk to somebody in person is a huge help. And that's sort of driven the, the whole mentoring, yeah. tutoring program I run. And uh, other parts of it were just looking at other people's code and, you know, sort of just going out there making mistakes and then going back and realizing, ah, I did that the wrong way, you know, just trial and error. Yeah. So obviously Apple is not so close as a lot of people might think they can, they can really help you. Well, I just had a special situation where I knew some people, because I lived in the area, yeah, yeah. I sort of knew some other people. But that said, um, people at Apple really do want to help you learn yeah, Cocoa. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, there's evangelists that specialize in that. The people uh, on the Cocoa mailing list are really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, Apple engineers read that constantly. And if there's a question they know an answer to, they'll usually offer the answer. But it's still a lot about having connection, having contacts. I mean, the same thing for me. I yeah. mean, if, if I get in touch with a guy who will put me in touch with another guy and so on. Yeah, there's no question being, you know, I'm incredibly thankful for being here because it's given me yeah. opportunities that other people wouldn't have in yeah. other places, yeah. So Google and Objective-C are, are pretty old, right? Yeah, um, you're, you're going to test my my not, uh, my uh, memory here. I don't remember exactly when they all came together, but uh, I believe Next started up around 1985 and mm -hmm. Objective-C, you know, was put into play not long after that so i'm sure i'm gonna get emails people telling me i've got yeah, the dates yeah. wrong but it's it's been a while yeah, yeah. it's so and how, how have you seen it evolved over over the last few years uh yeah i mean i i'm a relative newcomer yeah. compared to people that worked on it next but it has come a long way since i guess 2001 yeah. uh where it was a big step forward from objective or uh, from open step um a lot of things got kind of fleshed out in the mac os 10 transition but we've picked up so many useful tools since then. Yeah. Obviously Xcode's come out, uh, Cocoa Bindings, Core Data, we got Core Animation coming up. Um, each major release has brought some really significant advantages and that sort of played in the fact that um, developers have been really eager to basically target newer versions of Mac OS X because the tools get yeah. so much better. So. How do you think, I'm going to ask you kind of the same question a lot of people ask me, they ask me um, how comes your order um, the first podcast about the Mac in France, um, just because I was there, I had the idea. How do you think you are, you are one of the first guys having started a website about Cocoa where you are kind of a newcomer? A lot of people will think you're doing Cocoa since 20 years when they look at your website. <laughs> and none of those old school guys working at Apple had the idea of putting a site together that looks like your one. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it was sort of that there weren't many people that knew how to use Objective-C in the next days because there just frankly were not that many yeah. you know, users or developers and a lot of those people ended up working at Apple so by the time they got to Apple they weren't going to work on projects independently. Um, I think I sort of had an unusual advantage because prior to getting involved in Cocoa I had done a lot of web development and design work and all these other things and that sort of just naturally came together yeah. in tutorial site because I could take what I had recently learned about Cocoa and sort of apply and combine it with the knowledge I had about website design and all that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And Together, it's it's a really fantastic combination. I I read your article about quartz, learning quartz, and um, you you I guess you are probably talented in putting things complicated simple. I think uh, some it's not so so complicated at the end of the day. Quartz it's really not. No, it's it's interesting. It's something that comes up again and again in Cocoa and kind of the related frameworks is yeah. that it's very simple principles that are used over and over again, iterated through over and over again, 
And I think for me, part of the motivation to do Coco Dev Central and things like that is, you know, I saw it could be explained in a simple manner, but it's just sort of the nature of uh, the technology industry things, for whatever reason, people use big words and yeah, you know yeah. long paragraphs, and it's hard to get through. So I saw an opportunity to do something better. Yeah. Let's let's head over to the future for for the last question, or at least the last I have written on here on the on the MacBook, because after a while, after after that, I still have questions that are coming into my mind, like most of the time. This one is about the future of um, uh, Objective C, and uh, we know a, a lot of things already from Leopard technologies that are coming, like like Objective C 2.0 with garbage collections or core animation. How important are all those uh, changes for you? All the ones we know, not all the ones that are under NDA and that right. we will know in a few days more about. Yeah, it's it's interesting if you look back, sort of the changes that happened between Panth or. Uh, Jaguar and Panther, Panther to Tiger, you know, there, there was a sort of a major step each time. This is a pretty big step compared to anything in the past because obviously Objective-C 2... The language itself? language itself has some major changes which is going to make things a lot easier. But core animation is particularly interesting because users can't appreciate necessarily differences in a programming language. They don't see any differences in their application other than it will crash less. Yeah. But with core animation, they're going to see differences immediately. I mean, some people will take it to the extreme and have, you know, 3D effects everywhere, yeah. but there are also some really basic things that uh, that users will appreciate. I mean, the applications will run faster because yeah. all the work is being basically core animation takes advantage of the dual core machines okay. and uh, performance everywhere. So applications should stay more responsive. They'll look nicer. Yeah. You know, um, it's going to be a pretty big jump. And I think in particular core animation is interesting because it will widen the gap. Yeah. from Mac OS X to Vista. Vista, if, if you want to think of it, it's sort of closer to Tiger than Leopard. Mm -hmm. So core animation will make it more apparent, you know, what the gap is between the two, which I think is great for all of us because yeah. then there's a reason to buy a Mac yeah. instead of Windows. Well, talking about Vista, I've seen it, and at the end of the day, it's in terms of how it looks and graphical transition, whatever, it's not that bad. So Apple S still, from my point of view, is a bit pushed in the back and to come out with something really cool in that part. Yeah. Uh, because like like you know those windows co going away from from flip 3D is bullshit. But um, for the rest, it's it there are they have some really cool things. Yeah. So um, you heard about this um, thing that might change in uh, Aqua uh, that they will implement new things. How do you see the things coming? Obviously without without revealing any NDA, would you would know about? But you know nothing like everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, it's there's probably going to be something yeah. coming uh, in the macro keynote. Yeah. I think uh, I'd be pretty surprised if we got through that keynote and didn't see some major u interface changes. Yeah. Not just because everyone's been talking about it, because it's about time. You yeah. know, it's there have been no significant changes for six years now. Yeah. So it, that's really uncharacteristic of Apple. And I think it's interesting that even if you just look at Apple's website, that hasn't changed in six years. Yeah. And if they were going to do something, they would certainly kind of time it at the same time yeah. as Leopard. So. Well, the, the banner which is there since yesterday is pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it, it is, yeah, that is interesting. And yeah. That's not something you typically see from Apple. I mean, they're they're what they usually do is they sort of lower expectations and then blow them away. For them to put something up on the homepage that says "Get ready," yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you expect something big. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. But um, yeah, so um, yeah, basically the the last thing I wanted to say is because everybody is always criticizing Microsoft for not having done anything between XP and Vista. But if you look at Mac OS X, we are also still with Mac OS. Than since six years. Okay, we had some minor 10, uh, 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 yet, but we're still in the same OS. Yeah, I actually think that's maybe a naming problem because okay. if you look at the internals, it, it's hard for me. I, I'm sort of in an unusual situation because 
I know things from the system level, and yeah. I know what's changed. I don't know what it looks like to users, but from the system level, there have been huge, huge improvements, not just over the course of six years, but in each major release. Yeah. I mean, the internals of uh, Panther compared to Leopard are just, you know, not not easily compared. There's so many advantages in Leopard. Maybe what it's time for Apple to do is to change the user interface so that people are more aware of the, the improvements. So hopefully that's what will be in the keynote. Okay. Um, yeah, except the things you know. Um, what are you expect expecting from the things you don't know at the Macworld? Because I'm obviously here for the Macworld. Right. Uh, and I took the advantage of interviewing you and a bunch of other guys. But uh, the Macworld is heading over um, on uh, Tuesday. So Tuesday we'll have a lot of things. We have a lot of expectations like everybody. I would say don't have expectations this way. You won't be disappointed. Right. So in terms of um, in terms of iPhone, sub notebook, whatever the hell, ITV, what are your personal expectations? Well, I think, like I said, I expect something big in Leopard because something big has been promised. Yeah. And again, that's yeah. that's unusual for them to promise something like that. So we'll see something big in Leopard for sure. We'll see iLife, you know, yeah. an iLife iWork update, certainly. Uh, a phone would be great. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, a lot of, that's... you know, I've got a sidekick and it's it's fantastic, but it's still miles away from what I would consider an Apple product to be. Um, you know, sub notebook sounds great. That seems pretty reasonable. I think there's been some talk about smaller devices having a lot of use. Yeah. I don't know, I usually just go in there with an open mind and see what happens and then yeah. go back. Our problem is we are all, um, we have too many expectations every time. Yeah, it's true. I mean, with uh, there's there have been a number of occasions where people had all these ideas about what was going to be announced at the keynote and then it didn't get announced and then, you know, there's disappointment, but uh, you this, this time is Apple is pushing the, our expectations. Yeah, this is an yeah, right, exactly. This is a really unusual situation. They, like I said, they don't usually kind of raise expectations like but that. But just like the ITV, don't you think Apple is changing their way of, of, of thinking? Well, they're obviously think differently <laughs> now. Um, like like this ITV thing of showing a product which is not yet released, it's not Apple. It was not Apple at least. Yeah, it's pretty unusual and I, I don't think it's maybe a general trend. I think in that case they thought yeah. it made sense because there were, you know, basically they wanted to let the industry know that they're working on something. For but the content. If they were if they were interested in announcing things ahead of time, we would know a lot about Leopard right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> of course, yeah. So I guess you will be obviously at MacWorld. I will be at MacWorld. Yeah. Hopefully. At the keynote. Uh, we'll see. I don't know if yeah. the timing will allow, but I'll I'll do my best to get there. Okay. Thank you anyway for this uh, wonderful place here for the interview, and uh, see you anyway uh, at MacWorld and next Thursday with the very special guest who. <laughs> which is not Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, uh, or whatever the hell. Uh, you probably find a guy from the back in the Apple one days. <laughs> have to show up and find out. <laughs> you probably find the guys who had 10% market share and, and sell his stock. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, see you. All right, bye. Good. Four won't be like 
Basically, the thing is, now and then check that you're still in the ca in the camera, because mm -hmm. um, most oh shit the battery. Um, no, I'm really hoping I have another one. Because this morning I thought about uh, putting the new battery, but then I realized I forget it later. It will be really bad because it's the new. Oh, yeah. now pray that that it is charged. <laughs> Otherwise, we need to find. It. 